Thanks for listening to the New Life Church Cersei podcast. Before we get into a great message from Pastor Kevin today, we want to let you know if you would like to give to what God is doing here in Cersei, you can go online to newlifechurch.tv slash giving. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at NLC Cersei. During this time of self-isolation and quarantine due to COVID-19, we're having services online. You can join us Sunday mornings at 1030 on Facebook and YouTube or Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Now, let's prepare our hearts and hear a great message from Pastor Kevin. Hey, NLC, so thankful to have you joining us on a Wednesday night. I know that uh, we are all still adjusting and readjusting and even readjusting some more on this new way that we're living life. But, um, you know, there are three initials that I did not know about until all of this started, and that's AMI. And I hope I never hear those initials again when this thing is over. That's all I've heard, AMI, AMI, AMI. And, um, but I'm, again, thankful that you would join us on a Wednesday night. I hope you really enjoyed the message from Pastor Rick on Sunday. But I've got some things that I want to talk to you about tonight. I know that, that you know this, but we are thinking about you. We are praying over you, especially those of you who have lost jobs or you're having to make critical decisions about the lives of other people. And I even want to take a moment and just stop right now and pray specifically for those of you who are having to do either one of those. Okay, so let's just go to God. Father, I thank you right now. Um, for those of us who have looked at this situation and have had to take a lot of boldness toward it, I pray right now for every person who has lost a job, even if it's temporarily, for those who have had to file for unemployment, for those that have, are wringing their hands, wondering about what the next four to six weeks could look like for them personally. And then there's a lot... God, that are having to make decisions that affect the lives of other people. And so right now, just pray for a lot of peace. I pray for a lot of wisdom, and I pray that you would tell our people what to do. Um, God, that you, knowing the future, would just let a comforting presence of your spirit and of your word um, come into every home tonight. And um, I thank you for that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I don't know if you guys ever pay attention to the buildings that you go in, um, especially schools and uh, large uh, gathering places, but um, there is always or almost always a red box in those buildings. And on every one of those boxes, it reads this, in case of emergency, break glass, okay? If you haven't seen one in a while, it looks like this. And I remember as a kid, I was always so tempted to break that glass. I would look at it and I would wonder, what's that stuff for? What happens when you break this glass? Is it, is it a, a magical moment? It was so mysterious to me and intriguing to me as a young boy to want to just reach out and do exactly what it told me to do and break through that. Um, I always would imagine what happens. Am I going to be in trouble? 
And I, I never did, and I'm thankful for that, that too, because my father would have reminded me it was not very wise. But in some cases, behind that glass, there's like a rolled-up fire hose, and in some of the big buildings, there's, there's a hose and a, a fireman's axe, and in some it's just a fire extinguisher, and even in others, it's just like a big red button that you would push to let everybody know there's been some kind of emergency. So behind those panes of glass were items designed to help us if we discerned that there was something of emergence. And as I'm thinking out this lesson tonight and earlier today when I was pinning it out, I just think about that moment when a person must choose, is it time now to break this glass? Do I wait? Can I wait any longer? Or is right now the moment where I need to get help? Some of you right now are staring at a red box in your life. And you are looking at it, and you've read and you've reread those instructions in case of emergency, break glass, break the glass, break the glass. And you're at a point where you're trying to decide, is this where I get help? Maybe it's a spiritual challenge, an emotional challenge, a physical challenge, a financial challenge, but whatever it is, there you are staring face to face with the red box in your life, trying to discern, is this indeed an emergency? Is this my time to reach out for help? Well, this is what I want to help you with tonight, is that thought, is that, that choice. So I want to start with this thought, and it's this. Struggling with faith does not mean that God is struggling with you. And I think oftentimes on our faith journey, we almost see that if we are struggling, if we are low, then that means that God is also struggling with us or God is disappointed in us or we're pulling away from God and we're not near as close. But I want to just give you this principle that when we are struggling with our faith, that can be some great moments of growth. It could be the fact that you've just pressed the clutch in and you're about to shift gears when you have those moments of struggling with faith. Here's a big truth about our faith journey. We are all at different geographical points. Not everybody in a church or a small group, regardless of what church you attend or denomination you're a part of, um, can be at the same place. We all start this in different ways. So some are just getting started and some have been on this faith journey for decades and some of you are in between. And even when Christ was here on earth, He talked about levels of faith. The King James Version tells us that He pointed to one person and said, Thy faith has made you whole or your faith. Whatever level of faith that was, it got Him healed. But then he goes on and he rebukes another group of people and says, Oh, you of little faith. And then he goes on to celebrate one person's faith and said, You have great faith. So I've always kind of taught that as being your faith or a common faith. And then there's one below it of little faith and one even two steps higher of great faith. This just reinforces this idea that we're not all at the same geographical point when it comes to faith. So as we look at where we are right now, whether we look at that through the lens of a pandemic 
or you look at it through where your marriage is or where you are with your kids or where you are with just your perspective of God, um, your faith is yours and you own it and celebrate where, where you are. Sometimes it's going to be great and sometimes it's going to be not so great. All these last three that I've talked to you about have unfolded across time in many, many different ways. As a matter of fact, as I've called people this week and checked on them, I've, I've noticed that faith is all over the place right now. We have some that look at this pandemic and their faith is great. They are excited about how this could push people toward a stronger relationship with God or move our country toward one of repentance, and then we just might see another great spiritual awakening. As I talk to other people, they are low. They have little faith. They're asking big questions like, why would a good God allow something so terrible to transpire when it's in His power to to change it? So no matter where you are right now in your heart and in your faith, know this that God has not changed, not even a little bit. So His Word tells us in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 7, He says, Remember those who led you, who spoke the Word of God to you. He says, imitate their faith. And then He goes on in the, in the next verse and says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the God that He was before there was a pandemic, or before you got married, or before you had a crisis or a challenge. He's the same God now that there is a crisis and a challenge. So He, he doesn't change. The second big thing that I want to talk to you about is this. The truth is, spiritually, there's no glass to break. So as you stand in front of that red box in your life, metaphorically wondering if now's the time, there is no glass to break. So let me remind you of one of the great events that unfolded as Christ was crucified. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but there was a large veil, like a curtain, that hung over the Ark of the Covenant, separating it from the Holy of Holies and the Holy Place. And one of the first things that happened is that veil, once Christ was crucified, was torn from top to bottom. What that meant for us is there was an opening. It was a doorway. It no longer meant that only a priest could go behind that curtain and make atonement for the people of God and their sins. It meant that we had this open access. So as we're talking about this red box that says, in case of emergency, break glass, I want to use this. Because I believe that that's what those early believers were doing. They were standing there in the hopes that somebody else would go and talk to God for them. And they would would worry and, and, and wonder how... Jehovah God was perceiving them. But the truth is, this is a great symbol that says there's no longer a glass pane between us and God. There's there's nothing that separates us from Him. You can access God whenever you want, with whatever you want. He is ours and we are His. 
We're in unity. We're in community. James 4 and 3 says, You do not have because you do not ask God. I used to think that this was strange when I would read this verse. Why would God's people need to be challenged to ask God for anything? Well, when we go back to this story of the veil, it explains it because they had been conditioned and taught that that's exactly what they did. Someone else went and talked to God for them. Someone else went and repented for them. And so he has to, to tell them, you don't, you have not because you're not asking God for it. He starts to put that into um, the belief system of now what we would call following Jesus, that we can clearly ask Him for anything. There's no more glass to break. But the early Christians were so accustomed to the priest being at, at the epicenter, they didn't even know how to ask God. Another way to say that is this. They were so used to looking through the glass and wondering what it would be like to get help that they never asked for help. So I want to give you really quick three practical steps in what it means to have this epiphany that nothing is separating you from the love of God. The first thing would be this simple. If you see God behind glass then you need to change the way you see God. If your life is, has these hurdles and barriers and you think there's these points of separation between you and God, it's not true. So we all, including myself, need to come back and revisit this and know and understand concretely that this God wants to draw near to us and us to Him. The Bible re reminds us if we seek Him, we're going to find the second thing I would challenge you to do this week is ask for something big. Mark Batterson, one of my favorite pastors and authors to follow, calls this bold prayers, that we ask for inconceivable things, things that we can never pull off by ourselves, bold prayers. So now through the lens of a health crisis, for some that may be employment, that may be for a completely different change of pace. It may be that the culture of your home changes entirely and you don't know how to even get from point A to point B. Ask God for something bold. And then third, I just want to re remind you that growing faith is not like growing weeds, okay? It's springtime and we all look at our yards and I don't know about yours, but mine, the first thing to come up are weeds, and it takes the rest of the good grass um, a, a few more weeks to come out of dormancy. Faith isn't like that. Faith is not like growing weeds where it just springs up and you see it and it's rich and it's green and you, you cut it and it comes right back overnight. No, the, the, the good stuff grows like a garden. It, it takes getting your hands in the soil. It takes nurturing it. It takes letting God water what has already been spoken over you or what you're thinking about and allow your faith to grow out of the goodness of that. So don't be discouraged if you look at your life and your faith is growing slowly. Okay, good things come in slowly. Okay, so again, just, just to recap, if you see God behind glass, change the way you see God. Pray for bold prayers 
And then also realize that growing your faith has nothing to do with anything like growing weeds. So give it some time. Give it some patience. Okay? I want to pray over this message and pray over you. Because I really believe some of you are still staring at a red box wondering, should I ask God for help? And the answer to that is emphatically yes. Ask away. Ask God to help you. Ask God to get you through it. Ask God to change you. And so let's do that together. God, I thank you for this word. I thank you that you tell us and teach us to ask of you because you want to give. You're a giving God. And for everyone that's watching this video this morning and they are, they are wondering, should I do that? Would God hear me? Can God possibly change my life? God, would you just come into their homes right now and encourage them through the Holy Spirit to ask, to believe again, to change even some of their own thinking. We thank you that the veil was torn, that the glass was broken, that we have access to you, that we can ask of anything whenever we, we want to ask you. So bring encouragement to your people as we continue to follow you with great joy, no matter what the world looks like. We are in this for the long haul with you. We're thankful that you're our Father and that you're our friend. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.